used to want it and get these with my dad. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I am here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. May I give this to you to look at, sir? This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. for approach of white man. Wondering who? Well, Simple Jack informed us on the pre-show call that he was running slightly late and was trying to, quote-unquote, make up time in the air. Oh, <laughs> 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 Live from Studio C, Senor, deep within the dirty, stinking bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Intermation Complex, this is the aforementioned Armstrong and Getty Show. Senor, this morning under the tutelage of our general manager, the age of hyperbole. Oh, look, everybody. It's, oh, hey, Michael. You know what he wants. The door open. Yeah, the door open. This is showbiz, folks. Listen to this. This is going to be great. <laughs> Any second now. We refiled the what door the hell, open, Michael. I'm sorry. I was trying to actually set up something very cool, but it didn't. Oh, but here you go. Here's you reached for the stars, I did. didn't you? Here's what it was Even supposed to be. Even if you only got be. halfway there, it's something. Here's right. what it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be Jack running in. Ah! Anyway. <laughs> did you mention it? That was good. That was it funny. would have been funny. Yeah. Did you mention the general manager? Uh, yes. And it is? The age of hyperbole. Okay. Nobody is content. To simply describe or discuss, one must go completely over the top at all times. That is the dumbest general manager I've ever heard it of. It is. Wow. It is the worst one we've ever had. Wow. You know, I'd like to fight you and kill you Ooh, and tear your windpipe out and choke you with it in case you're still breathing through some other tube. You know who would have... <laughs> all right, you win. You know, would have, you know who would have recommended a general manager like that? Hitler. <laughs> yes! I woke up late, so I didn't get to do my usual... Uh, Taking in all my news in the morning, I just ran from bed. Well, I tiptoed in socks so as not to wake up the kids really fast. <laughs> tiptoed really fast. That'd be quite comical. I wish there was video of that, tiptoeing in socks quickly. <laughs> Very Mr. Bean-esque. And drove a little uh, um, briskly on the <laughs> way here. I can summarize cable news for you this morning as I took in a fair amount of it. They are still 100% full speed ahead flogging the Helsinki thing. Mm. Uh, unbroken, no time for anything else. This morning, on your uh, your lefty uh, CNNs and MSNBCs. Gotcha. I'm usually taking an analysis from past days. I'm more of an analysis guy than a breaking news guy. I'm not really into the latest thing that's happened. I just don't find that serves me well, personally. 
There's a killer uh, bee attack. Some lady got stung up by bees. Before I introduce everybody, can I, can I say, I need to say this because I'm surprised. In all the news I took in yesterday, and I took in a lot, I never heard anybody say this. Even on MSNBC, I never heard anybody say this. Trump claiming he got the word wrong is effing ridiculous. They kind of referenced that a little but bit. But nobody said it out loud. Yeah. Everybody talked, everybody took him at his word and then discussed. Really? <laughs> really? You're buying that? Everybody's buying that? I, I don't I don't think so. How come uh, nobody just said, oh, are you kidding? Nobody's responded uh, like that? Well, uh, and he walked back his walk back in the middle of the walk back. I get you don't so want to I, say out loud, I really made a mistake, I shouldn't have said that. Okay, I get you don't want to do that. I was but. trying to butter him up, and I went a little crazy. Sorry. Let's not all pretend that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Nobody's calling him out on that? You know, two reasons that he changed that. Two reasons. Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends and Newt Gingrich. All those other people, he doesn't care what any of those other people. He doesn't care what Paul Ryan thinks. He doesn't care what Mitch McConnell thinks if they're unhappy. But Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends in the morning right. and Newt Gingrich coming out against him, I think that got his attention. If you've lost Kilmeade, you've lost America. Well, that's his show, man. Uh, let's introduce the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, doing this and that. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. It's just one week away from being five months from Christmas <laughs> and 34 days from August 22nd. So it means I got to get on the ball. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Well said. I will, uh, yeah. There's uh, Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room, wearing a T-shirt that has a wolf holding a rose in its mouth. How are you this morning, Sean? <laughs> I am fantastic. Uh-huh. Uh, Twitter is a is a very odd place. Uh, yesterday, I tweeted out about a movie that I had recently seen. I said, I saw Sorry to Bother You, and the only thing I know for sure is that I loved it. Now, I didn't tag the official movie in that. I didn't use their official handle, you know, so I wasn't actually uh-huh. looking for recognition from the movie or, you know, fishing sure. for retweets or anything like that. Well, the director of the movie apparently found that tweet and retweeted it. Wow, that's awesome. And then, so, yeah, so that in and of itself is really cool to me. Just the fact that I like this thing. Somehow, through the magic of the internet, the person that made this thing saw, hey, this person liked it. Sure. Tweeted out, and then my mentions now get filled up with people now seeing this tweet who follow the director of this movie, either favoriting or, hey, I loved it too, right? Like this. Now, Uh it just kind of, it was a really interesting experience of... The dissolving of barriers between, you know, artists and the fans or whatever, you know, sure. yeah. I couldn't imagine seeing Jaws for the first time, walking out of the theater. No, no saying, chance you're going to get to Spielberg or whoever exactly. that was. And, and have him hear your opinion. Right. Yeah, those were the good old yeah. days. Back when <laughs> those of us who create media had a wall around right, us. Right, exactly. <laughs> a high, high wall with glass embedded in the top. You know, Sean, we actually, we've gotten a, an email or two or a tweet, text, whatever, about people who went to that movie and didn't get it, didn't like it. People walked out, et cetera, et cetera. It is and bizarre. And what's, what's important here is that you remember everybody must like the same things. <laughs> and if people either like or dislike things, you either dislike or like, you should be threatened by that, angry about that, and attack them. <laughs> Just remember that. Because you like a different kind of pasta or movie That's or right. song. That's right. You should be threatened and or angry if <laughs> anybody has different tastes. Absolutely. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. Are you, Marshall? I'll tell you guys, I am not bringing home the bacon this morning. Oh, no, man. no, not because I lost, because I showed some adult restraint. I did not go out for the Mega Millions. I decided to hold back. I had positive Sean's advice. Echoing in my brain. Ah, don't do it. Don't do it. 
Turns out there was no winner matching all six numbers in the Mega Millions drawing, so it rolls over now to $422 million for Friday night. I was completely unaware of that. I don't follow the lottery news. So it's up to about a half a billion dollars. Half a billion dollars. This time I think I may go for it. Some lucky person out there about to have their life ruined. I hope it's you, whoever you are playing. (laughs) You know, I just uh, I heard a uh, fascinating little featurette on the California state lottery, which is the largest one. If it were a uh, private company, it'd be in the Fortune 500. Really? Um, also, that they changed the law a while back. It, it used to be, I think it was 34% of everything had to go to schools or something like right. that. But they changed that. They lowered that so they could allegedly offer bigger jackpots to get more players. Well, that's fine, and, and they have. But there's now a $5 billion gap. Between what would have gone to schools and the money they took in. Five billion dollars. Five billion dollars. It is infinitely clear the state of California is now running a casino for revenue. To to make money. To spend and hand out to their cronies, yeah. And so any pretense that it's quote-unquote for education, I mean, it it, kind of is sort of a little bit. But it's mostly a for-profit enterprise yeah. to, it was only a third wow. to, to start tax with? the poor and those who, who can't do math. It was only a third to start with? Yeah, that's why I could have that number wrong, but it was it was not a huge amount. Wow. So, and we don't know what it is now, but it's a lower I, I'd than imagine that. there are fairly high administrative costs and that sort of thing, but I don't know. Not what 70%. No. no. <laughs> what do you got? You got to have a little <laughs> hopper and some balls and the person to pull them out. That's <laughs> it. That's yeah. right. What could that yeah. cost? That's and, and uh, somebody with a pad and pen to write down the winning. <laughs> right, exactly. That's all it takes. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, July 18th, year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21 8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Okay, here's the beginning of the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I will say um, that there is more, there's more feces on the sidewalks than I've ever seen. Wow. You don't hear that very often. That's the new mayor of San Francisco with a feces blast. Oh, my. You don't hear that from politicians. She's that taking often. responsibility. I appreciate that. It's plain talk. There's more feces on the sidewalk than I've ever seen. Wow. Wow. You know, it's not like that everywhere in the country, if you don't know that. If you live in a feces needle-strewn city, it's not like that way everywhere else. Nope. It doesn't have to be that way. Mom. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, the president clarifies his summit statements. The rescued Thai soccer team out of the hospital and talking about things like licking cave walls to stay alive. Wow. And digital media use has been linked to ADHD in kids. Stories coming up minutes from now. Yeah, I'm interested in that stuff. Bunch of cave lappers. Um, how does um? Uh, what are the? Yeah, what do you got there? <laughs> it's it's outstanding. Uh, it seemed clear to me this morning that cable news is is into their flogging the Helsinki thing as long and as hard as they possibly can mode. And I thought, well, we do, we're not, we don't need to be part of that. We don't want to be part of that. We're, we don't have to do that. We have mm-hmm. a thousand different things we could talk about. On the other hand, the outpouring of reaction from our folks is it's an avalanche. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know which way to go. But mailbag's really good in either direction. Yeah. We could leave it alone completely. It'd be really good. Okay. Um, so we got lots on the way. Bring you up to speed on. And yeah, the great thing about a, a couple of days dominated by one story, we've got all these other stories we didn't get to. A lot of big news stories that just haven't been covered. Some of them will affect your life for reals. Some of them are funny. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of the nation.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. What are the ten most lucrative chores for children? Kind of a funny study. <laughs> um, brand loyalty among car owners. Just all kinds of stuff that's short and interesting that's not Trump. I have another fascinating scientific glimpse into America's childs. And why our childs are so uh, 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 anxiety-ridden and depressed. Mm. Is it a cultural thing or is it yes. like a chemical thing? No, it's, well, you know, it's uh, very few things are one thing, as we've said many times. Um, but it's a cultural thing. Absolutely. Okay. I'd love to and, hear that. And, and it's obvious to you if it's obvious to you. And to those of you it's not obvious, we'll uh, point it out. Hmm. Mailbag. Woo! Here's a freedom-loving quote of the day from a regular uh, guest here. On the freedom-loving quote of the day, Frederic Bastiat, economist, philosopher, sent along by Ben Libertarian. Away with the whims of governmental administrators, their socialized projects, their centralization, their tariffs, their government schools, their state religions, their free credit, their bank monopolies, their regulation, their restrictions, their equalization by taxation, their pious moralizations. And now that the legislators and do-gooders have so futilely inflicted so many systems upon society, may they finally end where they should have begun. May they reject all systems and try liberty, for liberty is an acknowledgement of faith in God and his works. Is there any history of a country going backwards from this? That's what I ask people all the time. Or do you just does it blow up and you start with a new thing? You have to blow it up because governments never uh, give away power. Almost mm-hmm. never give away power. Um, not because they're doing any good with it. Not because it's serving the people. But because they really, really like the power and more importantly the money. Do you have any idea what year that was written? Uh, 1988. No, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Bastiat was kicking in and what? He was. Uh, he just got done watching an episode of Cheers. Right, and he thought, you know what? That Sam is right. Give me his, uh, his life. Uh, Basquiat with a Q? Yeah. Uh, Bastiat with a T. Oh, I thought it was with a Q. B-A-S-T-I-A-T. That is another guy. Yeah. Worthy of remembering and spelling. Uh, born in 1801. Right. So it had to be mid-1800s. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, come on. He would be shocked. Obvious to him then. Oh, I have I have God's own why you're not making more money and why there aren't more jobs and why the economy isn't even hotter because of government regulation story. You're going to love it. Absolutely love it, by which I mean you'll hate it. So stay with us for something you'll hate. There's a nice- <laughs> and by that, he means love. <laughs> That's right. Finally. I'm understood. Uh, here's a nice note from Mo. Once again, your show proves. Ah, Homer. <laughs> ah, a match. I don't know, Homer. Uh, once again, your show proves to be the conscience of America. Some open thought and discussion in the sea of feces that is the media of the moment. Thank sea you. Of feces. Yes. I will say um, that there is more. there's more feces on the sidewalks than I've ever seen. Yeah. It's crap. Come it's with crap. me. It's crap. Eat a Reese's, come with me to the sea of feces. That's a little uh, riff on an old-timey song. At least that's a... Carl, <clears throat> Carl somebody, uh, Robert Plant covered it in the uh, 80s. Correct. Sea of love. It's a fabulous tune. At least that's a uh, leader of a city on the West Coast admitting that it's a problem. Yeah. Kudos, Madam Mayor. 
Let's work together of course she to solve this poopy, she, poopy problem. She doesn't say it's a problem, though. She just states there's more feces. <laughs> yeah, than there's cut her off. She could say, and it's great. <laughs> and I right think it's awesome. That. You see a problem, I see an opportunity. And we've got a plan for 40% more. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's a really ni- nice note from Al Anonymous. What's embarrassing is I've been emailing the wrong email address for years, <laughs> just thinking I wasn't cool enough to have my input read on the radio. In case you aren't hip to the newest narrative, I was in a cell phone store yesterday and a fellow customer began discussing the Tubbs fire in NorCal a while back. Disastrous wildfire. She was convinced beyond a doubt that it was Trump shooting laser beams at wooded areas because racism or something. It just moved too fast. Something else had to cause it. No BS. She thought Trump either used satellites or Superman-style heat vision. She didn't really specify. <laughs> I then explained to her what Santa Ana winds are. Thanks, as always. K-H-Y-E-A-F-P. Keep hiding your email address from people. Respectfully, <laughs> Anonymous. Email in the wrong address reminds me. My wife has been getting for months now, maybe once a week, sometimes twice a week, a phone call from somebody. She doesn't know who. Who'll call, who'll call up you know, very excitedly saying, hey, I ran into whoever the other day and we were talking about you and uh, do, do you think blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I love you. And then and then, and then then hangs up. And my wife has no idea who it is. Wow. And that's that's an on, odd bit. And it's been going on for months. <laughs> really? Well, it's somebody who's calling the wrong number. But the question is... But doesn't hang around like for an answer. Oh, it's a message. It's I'm a so, message. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, there's a it's message. It's a message, machine. all right. If you call a phone and nobody answers it, right. you can leave a message. Why would you do that? And, uh, Why don't you just yeah, text them? I understand. Okay. But um, but what confuses us is, haven't you, it's got it maybe going on a year at this point. Haven't you at some point run into this friend and said, yeah, yeah, you never called me back. She always ends with "I love you," so it seems like it's a wow, you know, wow, a relationship of yeah. some sort. Well, uh, I think we've all known a person or two who's a talking McTalk talk face and really doesn't even listen for a response. Just jabbers. It must be that sort of person. All output, no input. I don't know. That's weird, though. Mm. Mysterious. Now, let's see. Moving along. Where were we? Ah, oh, yes. Uh, Jack Joe, sure, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world, but he's still only worth a fourth of the California bullet train. It's Ryan from Houston. <laughs> That's a good one. I think he's relying on my uh, oft-discussed estimate that it will be at least $200 billion, if ever built. It will never be built, because it's such a towering testament to stupidity and bad governance that sooner or later it will be choked off. Uh, but who knows how, uh, when and who knows how much money will have been squandered. Um, from the perspective of taxpayers, from the perspective of the government, it wasn't squandered. It was it was used to buy support. That's what government does. Uh, I would love to treat the staff to lunch if possible, uh, writes Ryan from Houston. Least I could do for giving me years of entertainment. That'd be very nice, Ryan. I don't plan to be in Houston anytime soon. But if I am. What's Houston known for, grub-wise? I'm guessing lots of really good barbecue would be my guess. Yeah, guess probably a good steak. Probably seafood, too. I mean, they're right by the Gulf. So uh, maybe just package some up and send it our way. A lot more good mailbag we didn't get to. We'll sprinkle it in. Yeah. So the bum problem's getting uh, more attention today. In a lot of your West Coast cities. Marshall's got his news coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. new moons orbiting Jupiter. We'll break those down one by one next hour. 
getting new moons. Is that a thing? Can you do that? They discovered 12 can, new moons. Can we all chip in and get us another one? It'd be fun to have two moons. What are you supposed to do with this information? How am I supposed to adjust my life? I don't know. Hmm. It's on the front page of the newspaper, which leads you to believe it's important to me. Well, undiscovered moons are now discovered. I mean, you don't just ignore that sort of thing. The you universe know. has changed. Huh. Our view, our, our understanding of our own solar system has been altered. There you go. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump says he misspoke during Monday's press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Right. At the White House on Tuesday, Trump insisted that when he said... President Putin... Uh, He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. Well, he says he meant the opposite. He explained what he meant to say this way. In a key sentence in my remarks, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russian. So just to repeat it, I said the word would instead of wouldn't. And the sentence should have been, and I thought it would be maybe a little bit unclear on the transcript or unclear on the actual video. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be Russia. So am I too cynical, or is there 0% chance that that's... I mean, I, from the moment I heard that, I thought, well, that's just a lie. Well, it doesn't but negate everything else right. is the problem. Yeah, It would have been a weird thing to say in the midst of everything else he said, actually. Right. Right. Um, uh, so, uh, you know... Are there people that are saying, oh, okay. Are I don't there? think so. Not really. No. Nobody's buying it okay. completely. You know where we are, I think. Uh, certainly the Armstrong and Getty audience, from what I've been able to perceive, is... You know, everybody's so obsessed about point scoring for their side. There's plenty of truth on both sides. There are plenty of things Trump said that were true. Uh, and, and there are plenty of fault lays in the Obama administration. And now, you know, he's trying something different, et cetera, et cetera. It's just everybody's so uh, obsessed with up with our team that it's tough to discuss this without everybody getting all angry. He's, he's an odd dude. He took an odd approach. A lot of people didn't like it. He's trying to backtrack a little bit. We're all going to be all right. After uh, walking things back yesterday, though, this morning Trump is tweeting, so many people at the higher ends of intelligence loved my press conference performance in Helsinki. Putin and I discussed many important subjects at our earlier meeting. We got along well, which truly bothered many haters who wanted to see a boxing match. Big results will come, exclamation point. Well, and they may, or they may not, probably not, but he's given it a try like every president does. One of the more interesting uh, things I've heard in the wake of this whole dealio was Dana Perino, who is a uh, a Fox News host. She used to be a media, one of the top media people for, uh, was it W? (sighs) She was the press spokesman for W, yeah. Yeah, Um, she said one of the key things they they did was after a summit or a big meeting like right. this, you would rush out to the press and try to be try to beat the other people's press people to frame the meeting. Here's what happened. Here's what was it. Here's what we agreed. Because whoever got it out there first right. would frame it, right. and the other person would be seen as a response to it. So trying to describe the meeting is a huge thing in international politics. Even though both people were there, they both saw and heard the same thing, but you've got to frame it up. So a lot of this is just that. And now, turning to other matters. It's Fecal Matter with Marshall. Yes. He's a sick enough. Oh, oh boy. 
got his own theme now. San Francisco Mayor London Breeden, her first one-on-one interview since taking office, was telling the NBC Bay Area stations that homeless advocacy groups that get funding from the city really need to better educate the homeless to clean up after themselves. You're a native of San Francisco. Is this the worst you've seen it? I will say um, that there is more. there's more feces on the sidewalks than I've ever seen, you know, growing up here. That was something that did not, wasn't the norm. That you've uh, ever seen. That I've ever seen, for sure. And that is a huge problem. And we're not just talking about from from dogs. We're talking about from humans. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so, um, and two, don't forget the needles. Two things on that I yeah. like hearing a mayor say that out loud. A city council meeting that I went to, uh, my, my point over and over again was things are worse than they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. Why? Right. Why are things worse? Let's all admit things are much worse. And she's admitting that it's worse than it used to be, her living in San Francisco or life. Because some people are trying to pretend that it hasn't changed. Things are the same. No, things are radically different. But but, so her other thing is they need to educate the homeless. Right. That's the problem. They don't know they're not supposed to drop their (laughs) pants and poop on a public sidewalk. They're unaware of (laughs) that. And leave it. Well, it's like educating campers. You pack it in, pack it out, right? Bring some baggies with you. Okay. Hand out baggies. Uh, I liked how the, uh, the very beginning of that tape was urinative. <laughs> I thought he was saying something about urinating. Urinative. <laughs> Ironic. Breed, by the way, going on to say, I work hard to make sure that your programs are funded for the purposes of trying to get these individuals help. And what I am asking you to do is work with your clients and ask them to at least have respect for the community, at least clean up after themselves and show respect to one another and people in the neighborhood. Okay, that we is need to fanciful. Speak. That is a fanciful notion. Well, we need to speak with the mayor. She seems like an intelligent and reasonable woman. And we need to begin a dialogue. Okay. Sir, when you're what? done arguing it with the tree, could you please respect your neighbor? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And it is a factor. Between the can't comprehend it and the don't give a damn. I mean, I've known a lot of people in my life, a lot of them. Some of them wear a, a sport coat and a tie who don't give a damn about other human beings Correct, and the social right. compact. Perhaps you've noticed them on America's highways lately. Don't have any sense of courtesy. Digital media use linked to behavioral problems in kids. New study in the Journal of the American Medical Association finds teens who are heavy users of digital devices are twice as likely as infrequent users to show symptoms of attention deficit disorder. Researchers found the trend among more than 2,500 teens that they tracked for over two years. The study leader now concluding we can say with confidence that teens who are exposed to higher levels of digital media were significantly more likely to develop ADHD symptoms in the future. Yeah, that's not shocking. I wonder if we'll change our the way we teach to be more like fast-paced because brains are... I mean, Right, we have to. I think it's unlikely that we're going to curb, uh, you know, smartphone social media use. I just... No, I, I think that's here to stay. Right. I, I agree with you. I think the study is is almost certainly got a lot of truth to it. I do find myself a little... I've got a, a cause and effect skepticism thing going here. As a kid who probably would have been diagnosed with that as a youngster, I know I needed input a lot faster. Right. I needed them to speed it up, please! 
Um, and I think devices do that. Well, yeah, I was about to say, I can't imagine the way my brain currently works, and I'm not happy with the way my brain currently works right. from taking in too much stuff on my phone, where I just can't, you know, the idea of reading a book now is difficult for me. Because it's just too long and staying on the same subject. Right. I didn't used to be that way. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine sitting in a class with a droning teacher for an hour about the Revolutionary War with the way my brain is currently. Well, my point is that I think some share of it may be people who uh, people who want that much input are seeking out that. So it may not be a cause and effect thing right. for them. But I think in general, it's absolutely true. It's got to be true. There you go. I mean, we, we've all felt it, haven't we? Like Jack was saying. There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. C. Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah, I don't look forward to when my kids age into smartphones. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm hoping that society has worked out a few of these things over the next several years. I think we will, probably. I'm curious, well, about, I'm curious about something, Jack. When are you going to get your uh, eight-year-old, uh, when are you going to give him a smartphone? I don't know. I suppose when I see all his friends starting to get him, that's yeah. when I'll first decide. Oh, if all his friends jumped off a bridge, would that be all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, speaking of that sort of thing, miracle cure for anxiety and depression among youngsters. Okay. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Awesome. And, uh, and much, more. Yeah. much more. Oh, yeah. Plus oh, yeah. the story you'll hate and love and love to hate. Yeah. We're going to try to stay away as much as we can from the T word and that whole dust up. The big stinky <laughs> and hell singy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At some point, probably should read a little bit from George Will's opinion piece in the Washington Post today with the headline, This Sad Embarrassing Wreck of a Man. (laughs) Which is fairly strong. Oh, there's nothing worse than pity. I prefer hatred to pity. Now, if you're a a really big-time Trump fan, you think, well, George Will is classic Republican establishment thing we're trying to overthrow. He's sure. the swamp, right? He's the swamp. Exactly, yeah, well said. And I want to explain a little more about the, the whole age of hyperbole thing. I mean, it's obvious to most of us, but some of the specifics uh, centered around the Helsinki uh, dust-up. Okay. I mean, just people are just saying ridiculous stuff. And, and to me, you do that over and over again, you ought to be completely discredited. But it's the opposite on cable news. You get rewarded for it. Um, brand loyalty among car buyers. I've had it most my life. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Most people don't. Yeah. Most people do not. Oh, is that right? Yes. Most people switch brands when they go to get a different car. I've owned quite a few different brands. But uh, 20%, about 20% are loyal. So I, I, I thought I read something the other day that the millennials are much less likely to stick with a brand um, than older. I believe that. Yeah, I believe yeah. that too. Just, my uh, my wife's dad works for General Motors. General Motors, he, he, actually their uh, locomotive uh, division. But if you showed up with Ford in the driveway, you, you would be disowned. God, you would not be able to live there anymore. I knew a guy who worked for Coca Cola, and man, he w- he talked about Coca Cola all the time. If somebody ordered a Pepsi, he had to say something about it. I mean, it just it was his life. Wow. I think that's going away. 
I think so. Probably because you work somewhere for two, three, four, five, six, seven years, and, and you're gone. People switch jobs way more than they used to. So Yeah, I also think there's less of companies being loyal to you, so you're not loyal to them. Sure. I think there's that. But anyway, yeah. um, in terms of buying cars, 80% of people switch, 20% of people are loyal. I'll do this really fast. Your top most uh, loyal people that they're going to stick with a brand, not surprising. Your top three, and they're bunched together super close, are Lexus, Mercedes, and Ford. Lexus, Mercedes, and Ford. doesn't really surprise me. They didn't go to Cadillac, Toyota, BMW. Then we get down at the bottom. This doesn't. You know, I thought Subaru would be in there. Let me see where it is. I know. Maybe it's because I live on the West Coast. Or your softball playing sort of. Hey, whoa. The world capital of Subaru drivers. You know, some days Sean I think, had a look on his face of you had to say that you had to go there. Yeah, I know. Isn't it, Sean? Aren't there some days you're ashamed of all this? Me too. Me too. I had that same look. Uh, Super is down at 18. So at the bottom, though, and this doesn't surprise me. And this isn't a bad thing. It's just I've never known anybody who because I've known people that are Ford people, right? Yeah, like I am. Yeah. Or you're you know you you always have, that person always drives a Mercedes. I've never known anybody who's like. Mazda's my thing. I always drive a Mazda. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta be Mazda. <laughs> Mazda's at the bottom along with Volkswagen, Fiat. And they're not surprising. Fiat. Oh, he's a Mazda guy. Don't even say Nissan to him. He's about Mazda. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the alternative? <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's a guy, a Hyundai driver getting in a fist fight with a Kia guy. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> just well, maybe it, it's complexity. I don't know. Back when, if, know it, when it, it was Ford or GM mm-hmm. or, or Dodge. Um, I suppose you could do it. Now it's an absurdity. When I was a kid in rural Wisconsin, kids would get in fights over where you were a John Deere family or a Case or an Alice Chalmers farmer. Wow. For tractors and stuff. Tractor rivalries. Actual, oh, yeah. those are tractor brands. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was okay. a yeah. huge deal. Okay, so a uh, quick transition. I want to pay this off, especially for the parents. And some of you are going to take this badly, and you're going to write emails full of excuses. I don't want to read them. You run your house the way you want to run You're your house. You're probably Mazda drivers. Yeah, a bunch of... Not that there's anything wrong with oh, that. Oh, no, it's a fine I, motor car. Why did you... They I'm have just lawyers, making you know? jokes. They have lawyers. <laughs> it's an attempt at humor. It's parody. It's satire. So, uh, listen, uh, anxiety and depression levels uh, rising in our kids to unbelievable levels. It's crazy. It's uh, partly an affluent society. But more and more, the scientific consensus is it's lack of free play. You've got to let kids go off with their friends of multiple ages, invent games, invent their own rules, enforce their own rules, disagree, deal with the disagreements, etc. Number one, it's empowering. It teaches them that they have control over the world and that they can deal with unanticipated stuff. It builds their confidence. It builds their emotional intelligence. It does a hundred different things that are great for kids and necessary. And, by the by, kids have been getting for the entirety of human history up until, well, about the 80s. When the whole planned play, uniforms, uh, leagues, uh, schedule time thing, and also national craze of paranoia about child abduction and the rest of it hit because of nationalized media. Because if you're not hip to this, and I think everybody is at this point, the single worst thing that happens not just in America, but around the world now, the single worst thing that happens to a child you will hear about today. And it alters your perception of risk. And so we become a paralyzed, veal-calf-raising society. So we have kids who are ill-equipped to deal with 
adolescence, uh, their teenage years, and then young adulthood. The amount of time that my kids, my six-year-old's a special case, so I'll go with my eight-year-old. The amount of time that my completely normal eight-year-old has been out in the world on his own is almost zero. Mm. And when I was his age... I would roam around all damn day long yeah. with me and my friends out in the country doing whatever. Sometimes good ideas, sometimes bad ideas. Mm. Um, but you learn from those bad ideas. <laughs> but it, that's a, it's a hell of a change. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm not excusing it. I'm, I'm not happy that that is happening. I think it's a mistake. But if your kid is off in the park playing by himself, someone will like go over and talk to him and say, where's your mom and dad? Right. Right. Well, they were talking about... Or call the police. Kids playing with each other. Free play with each other, which is so incredibly valuable. I remember I have this... It's funny. If I saw two kids way over in the park, completely alone, that were like my son's age, it would seem weird. It would look weird. Mm. Everybody would think it was weird. I'm not sure I'd even notice it. But we came from different generations of parenting, in a way. I have this memory of uh, me and my buddies would play baseball in the backyard just all day long, each other's backyards. And I remember my mom coming out the back door and saying, if you don't stop yelling at each other, you can't play here anymore. Because we would spend the entire day yelling at each other, inventing new rules, arguing about whether they were just or not, settling scores and that sort of thing. It hadn't occurred to me how noxious it was, but it's also an incredibly important learning experience. Yeah. Well, that's going away. I don't know if that's coming back. It's coming back. It is. Absolutely. It's got to. The Armstrong and Getty Show.